Welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation. In today's episode, we welcome Mark Hunter once again. He will be sharing his insights on how to sell in today's challenging environment. So if you're looking for strategies to navigate tough times and close deals, this episode is for you. Colin, the floor is yours. Right. Welcome to another episode of Sales Transformation. Very pumped up, very fired up to have Mark Hunter back on the show. Uh, if you don't know Mark, uh, a little bit about him is he's uh, got several books, uh, sales author. Uh, most popular ones recently uh, released is Mind for Sales, um, High Profit Prospecting, which is still a great book. Uh, if you don't have one, make sure you want to grab one. And he also has his own podcast, the Sales Hunter Podcast, and uh, Sales Logic Live is an event that's coming to you soon in Dallas. Here uh, today, we're going to talk about how to sell in today's environment. Um, you know, I talk to a lot of sales leaders, um, Mark, and you know, people are saying, and I'm seeing it. It's it's tough out there. So um, I think you have some ideas and and some things that people can focus on. Um, to get through some of these tough times. So we're definitely going to dig into that. But uh, anything I missed there in the intro uh, that you want to mention, just so people have an idea of who you are and uh, the type of things that you've accomplished. Yeah, no. Uh, the, hey, if, if you want to attend the, the, the Sales Logic Live event, go to saleslogicpodcast.com. Because, you know, I can't just do one podcast. I got to do two. But anyway, go to saleslogicpodcast.com and you'll see the, the link right there for Awesome. Yeah. We will drop the link there in the show notes so yeah. that you can easily find it. Um, but Mark, you know, we were just talking here before we hit record and it's tough out there for a lot of folks. You know, the good old days, I've heard people refer to as the go, go, go days, right? Where it's just like, yeah, sure. It looks good. Let's go. And, you know, you largely didn't have to be that great of a seller to get deals done. Now, people that, you know, are used to that environment, are having a really hard time right now. So what do they do? Yeah, it, it's amazing how we look back on the COVID days as the good old days. I mean, it's bizarre. Yeah, I mean, he, here's the situation. I mean, everybody needs stuff, but the problem is unless it's their number one or number two priority, they ain't buying. Mm. It's just not going to happen. And I've run into this myself in conversations I'm having, and I have it all the time with conversations of, of CROs and VPs of sales who are calling me and salespeople. Here's the deal. We have got to spread our wings more with our customers. You know, go back to the Gartner study in terms of the number of people who were involved in every, hey, it's real. It's real. If you may have somebody who you're talking to who really loves what you have, man, they just love. What I had this happen to me the other day. They love what I have to offer. They, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But the problem was the person wasn't the decision maker. No, excuse me, the person wasn't the economic buyer. And many times those are two different people. You've got to make sure. And the question I'm telling everybody to ask right now is this. How have you made decisions like this in the last 30 days? Yeah. I don't even say in the past. I say in the last 30 yeah. days because the rules have changed. I want to hear what are the, what's the criteria they're using yeah. to put a deal across the finish line. I'm asking that of the customer. So, so all right. I, I love this topic because I think that uh, every seller has been in a situation where they thought they were talking to the decision maker or – economic buyer. And then at some point, typically too far down the road, they've realized that they're not. 
So I love how you mentioned how have you made decisions like this in the last 30 days, right? Because who your buyer was three months ago, six months ago to get deals done, that has changed. So tell me, give me, give me an example, right? For sellers that are listening that maybe have run into this, who, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. You know, so you're, you, you're talking to somebody and you've got the outcome that they're looking for. You, you understand what their need is, what their pain is and so forth. And then, and then you, you want to ask this question of all the decisions you have to make. Is this one of your most important ones? Tell me about where this ranks on your list. So I'm asking this of the, of this initial person I'm talking to. And then I'm saying, okay, so now let me, let me ask you this question. Uh, of the person who you think is going to, we're going to have to get involved, who has the budget. Where do you think it's going to fall in their priority list? And I'm having a very straight up candid conversation with people and I'm getting great feedback from this. Now, here's why I'm getting great feedback because people appreciate the bluntness, yeah. the frankness. I don't have time to spend with people who aren't going to buy for me. Yep. And you know what? People who I'm selling to, they don't have time to spend time. They don't have the time to spend with sellers who say it's not going to happen. So let's cut to the chase. Let's cut to the chase early. I want to find out where this comes out in a rank order. I don't say, hey, is this your number one or number two priority? I say, hey, where does this come out in your list of priorities? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then get them to explain. Because here's the deal. If it's not number one or number two, it's not going to happen. Now, here's the deal. They may say, oh, it's number four or number five. Okay, so that's great. What's the difference between where we're at and where number one is at? Yeah. And if you do this, if you do this early on in the process, this is what's key. Do this early on before you're about ready to push the proposal across the table because you'll get truth. As soon as, you, as soon as the customer knows you're about ready to push the proposal across the table, every, everything becomes a bold-faced lie because now we're negotiating. Mm -hmm. Now we're negotiating. So I want to ask these questions early on. Early on when I'm establishing trust and a relationship, that's when I get authentic answers. Yeah. That I'm going to come back. This is no different than an, than an attorney uh, getting a deposition from somebody before before you go to trial. The idea in the deposition is, is to get them in a relaxed state and to be able to get the information out that you need. So when you do go into the courtroom or whatever kind of settlement you're you're looking at, and and the stakes are higher, you've already got the information in the bag. Yeah, yeah. So all right, couple things I, I want to just recap there. Um, Bring that up early, right? And identify, you know, are they the economic buyer? Have they made how have they made decisions like this in the last thirty days? And where does it rank in the prior? Uh, where does it rank in the priorities, right? Yeah. And, and and I think something that sellers need to understand <clears throat> is, and this is not new, but I'd say it's more relevant than ever, is that everybody is your competition now. Right. You know exactly what I mean. Right. You know, OK, we've heard it. Status quo doing nothing. That's your competitor. You know, people in your space. That's your competitor. But now even every company that has nothing to do with what you do is your competitor because we're all fighting for the same budget. You got it. And, and even tomorrow is your competitor. Tomorrow is your competitor because time kills all deals. Mm. 
And so many times what happens is sellers go in thinking that their competition is this company that they've always faced before. No, not at all. Not at all. It, it, it is, again, it's, it's competition. And you have to look at this. I'm competing for a level of finite dollars. Now, if I, I'm at the CEO level, you would argue, well, hey, I'm, uh, they will find the budget. Yeah, they will find the budget. But even CEOs are still constrained depending on the size of the deal, depending on the flexibility that they have with their board, depending on their standing with the board, a whole host of things. So again, if I'm going to get a deal across the table, I have to create such a strong, in fact, I put this in a note this morning. I, I sent a proposal, a CRO I've been working with. We've been working on a proposal and we talked about it yesterday on the phone. He sent me back and I reiterated to him this morning in an email, the ROI of the proposal. Now, there's strategic benefits as to why this company needs to go forward with it. But I put in the email right there, again, the ROI numbers as to where this is going to come out. Because, again, you have to make it so bulletproof for the economy. And this is, this is the CEO of the company. He, 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 yeah, he can pull, he can make it happen. But, see, even he's constrained. You have to make it no-brainer. And let me tell you something. No-brainer in your mind is not no-brainer in the customer's mind. And here's the deal. I have to validate everything yeah. by getting them to say it. It's not, it's not good enough for me to say it. They've got to say it. So when I sit there and say, hey, how does this rank in terms of your priorities? I want to hear it from them. So if they say, well, yeah, you're kind of partway down the list. Oh, okay. What's at the top of your list? Why is it at the top of the list? What makes it top of the list? Now, here's the whole key thing. Some people push back and they go, Mark, man, that, that's just, you're not going to get, you're not going to get, you're not going to get answers. I said, yes, you are going to get answers. If initially, one of the questions I love asking is using one simple word, your opinion. It is amazing how everybody wants to share their opinion. So early on, really early on, I'm in the prospecting phase. Don't think about the demo. Don't think about proof of concept. Don't think about that. I'm asking for their opinion. Mm -hmm. And you know what it does? It begins to set off in their mind, hey, this person values what I have to say. And I want to use that. I want to set that bridge in place long before I think about a demo. Because this is the other problem. Too many salespeople are rushing to the demo. And right now, rushing to the demo kills deals. Yeah. Because you rush to the demo and you wind up showing features that the customer could care less about. Yeah. It's, it's a tough one. I, I, I'll admit, I have fell victim to rushing to the demo uh, way, yeah. way more times than I want to admit. Matter of fact, I did it the other day. Dealing with a, you know, sort of high D, you know, dealing with a certain personality that, uh, um, you know, frankly, we were getting through some of the discovery, you know, and then, and then I sort of exhausted him with the questions and he's like, yeah, just, you know, Hey, let's just, just show me the product, show me the product. Right. Everybody's been there before. Right. And it's really hard to be disciplined and step back and say, Hey, you know what? I'm, I'm happy to show it to you, but I want to show you something that's relevant. I want to show you something that's relevant and is custom to your needs, which I don't fully understand yet. Right. That's um, beautiful. Mo most people just, you know, and in this case, I showed them the, showed them the demo. <laughs> I know we will because we, we all like what we have to offer. Yeah. 
But what happens is we create false flags. We create shiny objects. We get bad thinking. Oh, you know what? Maybe we should look at this. Oh, maybe yeah. we should do this. Maybe we should do this. And then what happens is, oh, we need to talk to some other companies. Mm-hmm. We, we need to take a step back and decide. We're not quite ready to make this, oh, man. Mm-hmm. Oh. And, and go back to something you said even before we hit record. This is all about land and expand right now. Yeah. See, I want to land you as a customer. And this is, why, this is where I hate the term. I hate the term closing a sale. Mm-hmm. I hate that term. We open a relationship. Mm. I want to land. I open a relationship. Then I'm going to expand. Yeah. But this is where, okay, I'm going to go on a rant here also where too many sales compensation programs are, are guilty because that, that account manager, that salesperson gets paid on the size of the initial deal. Mm-hmm. So what do they do? It's in their best interest to, to slow it down and make sure you get a big, big deal. They don't want a small deal because, you know, if, if I land and expand all that expansion money, I don't get to see any of that. Yep. So again, that we'll save that for another day. Yeah. And I think, I think a lot of people are maybe not as many as we, I'd like to, maybe not as many as they should. Right. But I've definitely had some conversations where people are reshaping the comp plans to solve for those, right? And teams are understanding that like, hey, CS is really important. Expansion is really important. Um, we just got to get our foot in the door, show some value. And then, you know, we know the potential, right? We all know that it's yeah. it's far easier to, you know, sell to a current customer and expand than to go find a new one. Yes. And yet, why is it that... It, that's hard for, for a lot of people to recognize, especially, this is especially true in today's market, because today's market is absolutely brutal. So customers are reticent even more to bring on a new vendor, a new supplier, to work with a new company. They are more reticent of staying with status quo. I, I, I just had a sales call with a company that's looking to bring me in for everything, and they're in a very staid industry. I mean, this is, this is a very, uh, we don't change. Mm. And that was one of the challenges we were talking about because we're going to have to get this, the, the sales organization to be able to get the customers to realize that they do need to change. Yeah. Yeah. But, and again, in, in this market now, that's even harder. And that's where it comes back to what I put into this note to the CEO this morning, the ROI, you know, it's, it's amazing. ROI, you know, I, I hate selling on dollars and cents. Yeah. But if I can show you an ROI that you're going to invest X amount with me and you're going to return Y, hmm, I can make a pretty compelling case. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it and that you didn't forget to subscribe and share so that we can help more people transform the way they sell.